Hi, welcome to Movie Buds. I'm Arnie Joe. I'm Dane. Hi, Dane. Uh, this is a podcast where we um, pick a topic and we uh, look at all the entries in a series, a filmmaker, a director, a studio, and we, we do some math to determine the best and the worst. We then watch them and then discuss. What movies did we watch this week, Dane? We watched The Land Before Time 1 and The Land Before Time 13. <laughs> can can i can i quickly ask because this was dane's idea can i ask why um well i don't know i think i think i had the idea after we watched master of disguise and we were talking about how it was their attempt to cash in on austin powers and we were talking about the difference between um like an idea of passion and then the the sellout version of that and it was a kids movie as well so i think land before time just popped into my head because i had only seen one of the sequels when i was a kid but i loved the original movie and i then i just thought of um all the cash in sequels of that and i thought it would be good for this because there's a whole there's like 14 of those movies and I knew the good one would be the first one. Yeah, I, th- I think there was never any doubt that it was going to be the first one. Um, usually with this show, what we do is I um, create this really intense spreadsheet um, and uh, calculate the Rotten Tomatoes audience critic, the IMDb score, the Metacritic score, uh, the box office and budget. However, because Dane picked a series that is almost entirely of direct-to-video movies, <laughs> finding this information was um, fucked. Uh, let's just say that. Almost impossible. So I had to do it a bit different this time. I had to do a lot of independent research. I needed to do a bit of reading. Uh, fucking reading about fucking three-year-old kid movies, Dane. Um, yeah. <laughs> and wh- what... What I came to the decision was that very clearly the the, the first one was the winner. Um, it is the only one that um, has any kind of, uh, you know, throughout recognition on a bunch of different platforms. Yes, theatrical release. The only one theatrical is. release. This cunt was, you know, produced by Spielberg and George Lucas. This movie has a bit of pedigree behind it. Whereas Finding the Worst... Um, I found a YouTuber who was a paleontologist who went on a half an hour rant about part 13. And I had to, I looked at myself and I'm like, well, if he's angry, then I'm angry. And that's got to be the one. So what was his issue? What was his main issue? Um, the, the, <laughs> the main issue was the introduction of the yellow bellies. And right. basically yeah. feathered dinosaurs, he finds an interesting thing. I, I think he was, he's a paleontologist, but I feel like he's a bit of a dino furry as well. Or he might say he's a paleontologist and he's just a dino furry. But um, he did, he just did not like, he just, they didn't fit in the time period. Um, and uh, again, he had a lot of story issues with it too, which I, I think we'll get to eventually. But yeah, that's how we got to, 
The Land Before Time 13, The Wisdom of Friends. Yeah, you hit me up uh, like a couple of days ago because you'll usually uh, be pretty early with it and you, it took you... It's because this was hard. This, this was hard. This wasn't, yeah, and you this were wasn't like, math. This wasn't math. This was something <laughs> else, you know? I had you were to... like, hey, sorry, man, that this is late. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry for doing this to you. Because <laughs> now you also have to sit down and watch this movie for little babies. <laughs> Okay, so um, I think we should probably uh, start with a uh, bit of an uh, introduction to the first one. Um, so, Dane, do you mind giving the DVD jacket description of The Land yeah. Before Time 1? Um, yeah, so basically it's set during this great famine. I don't think it's like the, 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 the meteor has hit. No, I don't know hasn't. if that's happened. But there's a there's a great famine in this um, dinosaur era, and um, so all the dinosaurs are heading some direction towards the sunset the valley. Yeah, they're all going towards this thing called the the Great Valley, and um, one of them is uh, Littlefoot, who's like a Brachiosaurus or something. There's another one named Sarah, who's a Triceratops. There's uh, there's Ducky, and then there's uh, Petrie, who's the um, the baby pterodactyl, and there's a Spike tail called Spike named Spike. Yeah. Um, and during like earthquakes and shit, and an an attack from a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, Littlefoot's mother dies and the others get separated from their parents and then they all meet up and they have to band together and racism is a huge thing in the dinosaurs thing they don't hang out with one another they all get told like three horns to don't hang out with long necks yeah yeah but they have to overcome their differences and become friends and, and travel through this very bleak environment to finally um, reach the Great Valley Cool. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the, the best description you could have for a kid's film. Um, so I, I'd like to open up with the fact that I don't have any sentimental attachment to this film. I think I did watch it when I was a kid, but when I was really little. So it's not something that was like, I didn't have fucking little foot uh, bed sheets and shit like that. Um, I hadn't seen any of the sequels. I wasn't a part of the franchise. So this was pretty well... I would almost argue the first time I watched it. Um, how was it as a fan, as a child? How was it re-watching this film? Yeah, I loved this movie as a kid. I watched it over and over again. Um, it was good. Um, so nostalgia hit me very early on, and I was a bit worried that that was going to affect my judgment. Because I'm sitting there just getting tingles and shit. Like, I remember this. Uh, it was funny because how I watched it was my grandmother had taped it off of the TV. Um, so I used to just watch that VHS recording. So as I was watching the film, I in my head I remembered all the parts where there were commercial breaks. And I had the commercial breaks stored in my head as well. So the pacing of it felt a bit off because I was so used to uh, going to a commercial break. But um, I think overall I could uh, 
have a pretty critical because it's not a perfect movie by by far. Um, but I would say, and this is a thing that I have with um, kids' films. You know, there's an excuse that people make that you can't criticize children's films because they're for children. So therefore, they're allowed to be stupid. They're allowed to be dumb and they don't have to make any sense. Um, But I think that this movie is a good example of a children's story told well, because um, you do have to keep it simple for kids. But it's a it's a big story and it's about life and it's about humans, but it's told in a very simple way and i think that there's a difference between simple and dumb stupid and yeah yeah and this is a this is a good example of of telling um of telling a real human story in a very simple way that children can understand it and can relate to it Mm, mm. yeah well i as a first time viewer I i i feel like i have a bit of respect for the film um it wasn't it wasn't patronizing um, which is more than I can say for the, the next one. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was, it was, yeah, overall very interesting. And, um, like, I think, I think you've got to have a, a, an amount of wonder to your films to be a, a successful kids film. And I think this, this has that, you know, that it's, it is, it is epic, and but still accessible for children, and yeah, at no point is it is it stupid, you know. Um, yeah, I, I I found myself quite liking it um, as much as I can like a film that is targeted towards six year olds. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, um, wanting. I I'm not gonna watch it again. Like I think, yeah yeah you know <laughs> like I'm not. That's not. But you know, but there is, but there are kids' films that I will watch again. You know, like I, I love Beauty and the Beast. That's one of my favorites growing up. So I, I do have a this, you know, f- urge to watch it from time to time. But I think just because I don't have that soul connection to it, this isn't one that I'm going to clamor to see again. But if I was going to rewatch it, it would probably be for the art. Yeah. Yeah. I love the background. I love the background art. Like these um Oh the the draw the the, the, the panels are fantastic in this film. The the Yeah. I agree. I agree totally. Yeah. Um so can you what what why do you think this is the most successful of the of the Man <laughs> Before Time series? <laughs> Uh, well, well, because this one's actually good. I think it was probably a success. Um, uh, this was 88, right? Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, it had Spielberg and Lucas. It had their name on it. Mm, mm. Um, also it's, it's a very appealing for kids. And I, I don't think that they would, um, make make this now because it's it's actually quite dark um oh it's 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 very dark it's it's very dark in parts you know you're dealing with loss very early on you know you're dealing with um creatures that are gonna eat you you know like it's that's that's one of the main plot points of the film is they're trying to escape from something that's trying to eat them it does a really good job of setting up how dangerous this world is 
um, mm. at the at the at the very beginning. Um, I like how all the 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 adult dinosaurs are drawn in this um, realistic way. They're not they're not very cartoony. You know what I mean? They don't have like hugely exaggerated features. No, they they um, look like dinosaurs. Yeah, while the uh, the children dinosaurs are a little more um, kid friendly, relatable, you know, yeah, yeah, big goofy eyes, yeah. Um, but it, it it makes a nice balance, and I think that that it really, it really, I think maybe maybe it was a bit because just because I watched it a lot as a kid, but man, it fucking really reminded me what it was like um, to be a kid. And I think as a kid watching it, I probably related to it so much because that is how it felt as a kid. Like all the the world around me seemed so intense and scary and all the um, adults seemed so huge mm. and um, insurmountable. You know, you're relating to the sheer size and such of, of the adults because because they do they do the the adult dinosaurs literally dwarf those those the, the main characters they're like nothing compared to them at all yeah and it's emphasized i mean there's that point where um little foot's walking behind his mum, who's in the background and like her tail is coming over him and almost like into the foreground she's taking up the whole screen and her head is like this small dot at, in in the background and you and he asks her a question and you see just like how long it takes for her to turn her gigantic head around and then look at him really emphasizing the scale of her compared to the the size of him and it's as they're talking about life and that's when she's giving him that um telling him that uh, thing with you where she's like some things you feel with you see with your eyes and other things you see with your heart and that it's 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 a good scene because it like it's the message of the whole film and the scale of the whole film all summed up in this 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 one moment i think i you can tell that they put an awful lot of effort and an awful lot of thought into these things um and in fact i think that it probably didn't come off as well as it could have um, I was reading a bit of like behind the scenes and that they had to, um, cut like a good amount of scenes from this because, um, they just thought it was going to be too dark and too scary. Spielberg and Lucas, especially were like, we're going to have kids crying in the cinema and parents are going to be mad at you. Talking uh, to the director. I can, I can understand why. Like it's, it's again, cause I don't have the association with it from watching it as a child i was at times watching it going holy shit there were four-year-olds in the cinema and the mum's dying and there's this dinosaur that's gonna like fucking rip them to shreds like you know that's that's yeah and it's not like a cartoon threat like um like the shark in finding nemo which is yeah. scary, but it's a very cartoony shark. Mm. Like they try to make this T Rex look scary. Oh, it's it, no, and, and and it is scary. It's not. It's um. I don't want to say anapromorphic. Is it anapromorphic? Where it's 
animals have features of a human being. Um, that is so far removed from that. Like it looks like just a dinosaur, looks like a thing that's designed to kill you. Um, so it's not like Bruce from, yes, Finding Nemo. Um, I, I have a theory as to why this may have been um, successful. Um, apart from the fact that it is a pleasant film and like very easily watchable and I think says a good message, which is what you need in a good kids film, like teaching, you know, a, a moral lesson. But are you, are you aware of what's known as the Disney Renaissance era? Uh, I'm aware of it, but I don't know too much about it. So, so after I think, uh, the late sixties, early 70s i think it was from 67 to 89 um disney weren't weren't doing very well their movies weren't successful they weren't making as much money um the quality of their films weren't as good and the movie to change that and to bring the renaissance era was the little mermaid which came out in 1989 one year after this film so at this time when this film came out disney weren't didn't have the stranglehold on animation like they do now and like they have mostly since fucking the 40s, you know? So I think I think it was serendipitous or something. It was just right time, the right place that this film could get produced because there wasn't as many quality animated movies. Um, or Dis- fucking Disney just hogging or the screen time, or the cinemas, like... Yeah, and people wanted that, um, Mm. and they were there to provide it. Um, I know that he had a lot to do with Disney. Yep, so Um, he had had a lot to do with Disney uh, right around the end of the golden era, and then he left, and he became their main competitor for mm. most of his career. Like, he was was the alternative you know looking at it more more from a critical point and from a like an adult point what 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 do you think makes you like the film now as opposed to the the you know clearly the story and everything that would have attracted it to you as a kid one thing i was really impressed by um and it's also a risky move i think is um this sense of um obscured geography so um especially in like um chase scenes or uh, actually almost throughout the whole movie where they're walking to um or where where they're running to or whatever it's hard to um picture the environments um from a bird's eye view of like how everything is is laid out um, and a lot of that has to do with also the backgrounds just being um, like these color washouts um, that the, that it almost feels like a dream at, at, uh, throughout a lot of it, where it's like you can't actually understand how this part of the geography that they're on and where they just were and where they're going to, how they actually connect. And it gives you this feeling of, of being lost. And it's like that throughout the whole film, but it's not a problem early on when he's um with his mum with his herd because the mother seems to know exactly where she's going. Mm. Um, but then after she dies, the environment 
yeah, it starts to look a bit like a dream. Uh, none of it really makes sense. That I imagine if you zoomed out to a bird's eye view, it wouldn't even add up in a in a, in a logical way. Um, and I think that that creates an effect in the viewer's mind of feeling lost, um, just like the the little dinosaurs are. But also mm. this feeling of like a like a dreamlike wonder, which contributes to the sensation of, of being in an environment that is so foreign to your mind that you can't even really comprehend it. Creates this really wondrous feeling, I think. Mm, no, I, I I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it's it doesn't make sense a lot of the 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 geography, but in the context of the story, yeah, that is totally like a like a positive because it's creating this this feeling and yeah you it's helping kids i guess relate to or not kids fucking all of us you you noticed it relate to the the plight that these characters are going through um yeah i liked the messaging i thought it was um which this will relate to the the sequel um but because i didn't yeah i didn't really have a problem with the messaging in the sequel but it's how the message is delivered and I feel like the message is delivered in not only a very clear, understandable way, but also in a very responsible way, um, where it it doesn't it doesn't pander to children, which is what I have a problem with a lot of Disney films that they're all about. Well, the hero always wins, and there's no such thing as sadness or loss. And even if you do lose something, well, you know, it didn't really happen. In this one, his mum dies at the very beginning, and everything is fucked up. And yeah, from that point on. Yeah, and then the um, and then the next person he meets is like this grumpy old man, uh, this grumpy old dinosaur. He's like, "What? What do you want?" <laughs> and he's like, "My mum's dead, and I'm sad." And then he tells him, like, "There's not not like a." well, there's a secret way that your mum doesn't have to die. It's just like, yeah, your mum's dead and things are bad, but... You that's know, life, you know. That's, that's life. That'll happen, and these things get better with time. And, you know, you realise... And he says, like, this is the circle of life. This mm. is the way things This is the way things go, but in time you'll realise that it's okay. And, um, and about to do with... Um, following your heart, like following your instincts, but not um, not having a like a critical mind, being of critical thought teaches um, teaches kids to, you know, listen to your heart, go with your instincts, but stick together and be open to being wrong and discussing things with your friends and that you can always be wrong. Um, but that doesn't mean that you should go off of blind just just blind faith mm. i think um the, the, the movie does a better job of describing it than i just did and i think uh i think it's pretty good i think it's i think it's I, actually very good i i i actually it, it's funny you brought up the um cr like the grumpy old dinosaur i think i was because i'm so like brainwashed and like wired to you know have the the, the way Disney films unfold when he met that old 
dinosaur. I'm like, this is a, this this very easily could become a different film. <laughs> like it it could be we're gonna go on an adventure. We're gonna I'm gonna be a mentor. It's like you know, like it it, it because Disney do shit like that so often. I yeah. almost you know when when he's just like, oh that sucks. He's you know, gonna be like, um, come under my wing, and I'll I'll show you the secrets to getting your mother back. Yeah, you know. But no, he's just like, oh, oh, poor little foot. Okay, and then walks away. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> literally know? walks away and just leaves him there. He says <laughs> the, everything heals with time, and then he walks away and just leaves the baby dinosaur there. Yeah, he doesn't care that much, you know. He wants to go yeah. and find food, and yeah, you know, I, I. I think especially because I watched them, I watched them back to back like you did. Um, especially compared to the the number thirteen, the Wisdom of Friends, <laughs> um, the animation, the the background animation, the, the 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 panels. Are they called the panels? I think they're called the panels. I um, think they're called panels. Yeah, the, these non-moving things. Yeah, in the, they yeah. were beautiful and. There, there was something different about them and it took me a, a while of watching it to realize why I think I was so in love with them is are you are you a fan of the Batman animated series yeah yeah so I was getting a very um you know most pa- you know most painting and panels is you have a white can- canvas and you fill it in Whereas um, Batman, the animated series was, it was a black canvas and then you fill it in. I was getting a very yep. similar feeling to that uh, in the sense that it, it felt dark. Like it, 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 it wasn't, um, it didn't feel like the tones were that of most children's animated films. I don't know if you agree or. No, I agree. It's, it's, it's very dark. Um, and, but. And, and gloomy but it's but it's beautiful like the sky is throughout most of the film is this um is this red like burnt orange uh color mm. um and all the uh the environments are almost black um and then and then on top of that you have these little colorful dinosaurs um walking around in that Uh, again that is a risky move i can just imagine people being like can we maybe brighten this it's for kids right can we maybe brighten this up a bit and i mean the film felt like it would be made by some old european man who's just like you know those old old european filmmakers who are like life is misery we have to teach (laughs) children from a young age this is the purple life we live yeah, no, I it the, the the palette very much was just bleak. And yeah, like it's it's again, for a kids film, it's incredibly brave to to just to have a palette like that. You know, that's that that I kept a mixture of just the way they did the panels and the music. The score those two combined specifically, um, I don't know if you were attracted to the score or not, but I fell oh, in love yeah, with Yeah, I love this. As soon as you just said the score, I was like, oh yeah, the score. It was beautiful. Like it was, it was, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't Disney. And I know like, 
I feel like that it's it's this it's this impossible thing to to not bring up when you're talking about an animated kids film. The main comparison yeah, well, if they didn't have dominate to... the market so much, then we wouldn't have to reference them. Constantly. Yeah, it would be like, oh, it's not like Disney. It it felt Spielbergy, and mm. which is cool. Like I'm, you know, for a kids film, that's different. That's awesome. I love it. Um, it just, yeah, it, it seriously filled me with wonder and emotion. Like the, I'm hearing the music and I'm not hearing, um, pandering. I'm hearing these, just these epic, um, soundscapes. And yeah, that with the visual palette for me were the two things that I really was like, holy shit, this is different. This is not like, um, a lot of other ones that I've seen, you know? Yeah, I thought the score um, really complemented the visuals um, perfectly. Mm. And um, I know, like, my problem with E.T. was that sometimes the score was a bit overpowering. A bit much, like it yeah. Almost, yeah, it almost <laughs> pandered a bit. But um, with this, uh, I think you could make that argument, but I wouldn't. I think they they they, they pushed it right to that point that if, if it was if it was any more um, emotional, then I'd be like, all right, settle down. But it, it pushed me right to that point um, where I felt that it, it really maxed out um, and captured on the, the emotion of the scene, um, compl- complemented it very well. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think the fact that it was a bit grand and a bit, like a bit much um almost compensated in certain ways for again the visuals i think i think you know if it was a bit brighter the film was a bit brighter and a bit more sanitized in its presentation of the story you know disneyfying Mm. then i think yeah the music would have been a bit much but because everything else is underplayed i think that yeah it allows for that wiggle room with the music and it and it and it um, I, I, I feel like it, it, it lives inside the, the minds of the, the dinosaurs we're following who are filled with a sense of wonder, mm. but um, this sense of dread because they're living in the foreground of this cruel landscape. And the music, uh, I think, captures both those, those states, this, this sense of wonder, um, but also this... You know, but then takes that sense of dread, but reforms it into this, this feeling of mystery, this feeling of wonder, and it allows mm. the, uh, yeah, it, it, I felt like that perfectly encapsulated how those kids were, were feeling because it's, the music didn't didn't make me feel sad, I don't know how to how to put this because it did, does give you a really peculiar feeling where it's not sad. But it's certainly not uplifting music. It's not upbeat and, and poppy and yay, we're going on that. an adventure. It feels it it feels kind of haunting in a way. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree. I'd agree completely. It's it's again. I was it was it was something that like I was feeling like I wasn't. I was of course I was hearing it. it's fucking music. But you know, like you leave a movie and you know the theme. You know, you, you know the, you know, everyone, yeah. I don't know how much, if you're not a fan of the Marvel movies, but everyone kind of knows the Avengers theme now. It's like, 
big. You know, yeah, you, it's you a good leave theme. With this, you, yeah, it's an awesome theme. You leave with that, you know, playing in your head. Now, I, I don't have any tunes from The Land Before Time in my head right now, but I guarantee well know how it made me feel at the time, you know? I'm not humming it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I felt it. And, and, I, and honestly, I prefer that. I prefer to feel it and mm. it it play within the realm of the film then mm. um you know I, oh god of course i like jaws and i like the ones that are, are iconic and you remember but i don't know i i think i think i have a lot of respect for the ones that that don't need to be um earworms you know yeah it's not a it's not a it's not exactly a hook that gets stuck in your head no. You can't be sitting on the fucking train humming the Lamb Before Time music <laughs> in your head. No, no. But within, but within the context of the film, it works beautifully. And I was actually just thinking, uh, the best way to like describe how the music makes you feel is the same way how that old that old guy character sounded, which was he was like, "Look, life is harsh and it's cruel." And yet scary but it's all beautiful it's all part of the circle of life and it's all beautiful and that's how the music made me feel mm. it took the feeling of these like little kids running around on a big adventure it's scary um you know it's, it's scary but it's beautiful something bad could happen but it's all part of life and in, in the end it's all a very beautiful thing and I think that's why I like the music so much is because it encapsulated both this adventure, joy, wonder, but, you know, fear and just all these possible horrible things that could happen all brought around full circle into this one amazing score. That, you know what? I did get, I think I did get a bit too fucking nostalgic while I was watching this because I was just like, you know, I got very emotional. Um even now just talking about the, the score and how the whole movie goes. I'm like, yeah, and that's why it's fuck best movie ever. And why I love that's it. Why I suggested kid. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to watch it again and have an, an adult excuse. Can can you put your your critic hat on and mm. take off your rose tinted glasses and uh tell us what you think didn't work and why it's not you know, I think it was. I think it was successful at the time, and I think a lot of children watched it. But I don't think it's held into quite the regard of some of some other animated movies. I think that's fair to no. assume. Would you say? I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like a cult classic, but no. it's definitely oh, wow. not. We're not reviewing a cult classic right now. Fuck, <laughs> you know, shit. God, no. no in ten it's, years. It's, in it's, ten it's... years, fucking. Wisdom of Friends, cult classic, Land Before Time movie. You know, it's the one that everyone will need to see. You know, but but no, yeah. yeah. Why why why? What do you think holds this back from being a classic? I guess. Um, you know, I think like big mainstream classics, they have to knock it out of the park in like every single category. So one one. It, one aspect where this movie falls short, which I don't think it's trying to achieve, but it's not very funny. I mean, especially for a kid's animated movie, there's not, 
and I don't mean that there are a lot of jokes that aren't funny. It's not unfunny. It's just, it's a drama. Mm. And there's a few moments of humor thrown in there, but they're not played for big laughs. Like, they're no yeah, it's not a belly laugh things. film. Hmm? It's not a belly laugh film. It's not one that, you know, you're rolling around laughing at, you know. It's, yeah, quite No, there's serious. a few light moments, but most of the time it's it's played for drama. Um, I don't think it needed those. In fact, I liked that it, it, it took itself seriously. Um, but I do think that that would hold it back from being something that people would love to go back to. And I can honestly imagine parents who saw this as kids maybe not even wanting to show their kids this movie was like, I, they don't need to see that. Let's watch Frozen. Yeah. You know, we need to sit them through this dreary shit. Yeah, you know, you, you hear you hear a whole bunch of people, adults, or at least people in my fucking generation that sit around and watch, like, The Lion King and, like, shit like that, you know, and and they're, like, 25. Um, yeah, yeah, I've never heard of anything like that for the land before time. Um, yeah. And, you know, okay, so for things that I think could have been improved on, um, I know I said before that it's good that it was told simply, but there are, I, f- I feel like there are moments missing where we could be establishing relationships. Definitely. Like, it's meant to, it's meant to be this thing that um, Petrie can't fly and so he's you know maybe a few more things where he's talking about how he feels embarrassed that he can't fly Mm. or why he has problems flying you know build on that a bit more uh the relationship between littlefoot and sarah is meant to be tense the whole way through and you definitely get that um but it's not it's not built on enough, I don't think. You know, you don't really, you don't really emphasize it. So that by the time, by the time it's solved, it doesn't really feel that earned because it didn't matter that much in the first place. Exactly. Like I know, kids' films aren't meant to be too long. I think um, eighty minutes. I think this was seventy. I think not too. Again, quite short in the grand scheme of things. I think mm-hmm. it could have benefited from a bit more. Just being longer and, and showing these characters interacting. So everything you've said, I just think the reason the or the, the, the remedy to that is to have more time for them to do this. Yeah. You know, I Sarah, yeah. the character, the, the Triceratops, f- fucking infuriated me. Like I know I know I know this is a kid's film and I'm not I'm I'm like I'm not meant to be sitting there with my fucking scotch, which I was, um being like fucking <laughs> what? Like Come You're on, sipping like, scotch, but like, Sarah's a bitch. Yeah, well, that, no, that's what I was doing, you know. I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> and and honestly, I didn't see enough of a of a of a. Th- this this is my one like real gripe. I did not see enough of a uh, an arc for her, you know. Like she kind of gets away with being the worst, you know. Yeah. Like, she goes and mopes. There's one bit where she goes and mopes, and the raiders like nobody knows that she left because she felt stupid. But it's not like, it's not, She. I don't think there was this big moment where she really makes up for that. I th- I feel, I don't know about if you've known, if you felt that way at all or, but. 
So I think all those moments are in there, but they're not emphasized strongly enough. They're not given enough time to, to breathe and really develop. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. So she'll, uh, she has a moment, she has a few moments where she, um, you know, she comes over and joins the gang after she was being stubborn and went off by herself. And then, you know, at the end, she comes back and, and they're trying to push Sharptooth off the, the cliff and they can't do it. And then Sarah comes in and runs in and joins them. And then when they all work together, they can, you know, accomplish their goals. But yeah, see, but that, that to me, that's an end result of, of the, the story of them as a group working together, not the arc mm. of Sarah being the absolute worst dinosaur. You know, like, I think that they're, they're yeah. two different things, you know, that everyone, all of them have, should have their own little arc and the end of it all should lead up to, or, or there's the separate one of them working together is the reason that they can get to the Great Valley. But all the little ones, I think, weren't developed enough, you know? Yeah, and I'm not asking for, like, a, you know, really poorly written exposition where Sarah's like, you know what, guys, I've learned something today that I don't need to be so proud and stubborn and that it's okay to be the fool sometimes. It's a kid's film. It's a kid's film. I wouldn't have minded something like that. Not not a poorly written one, clearly, but I, I would have liked some acknowledgement you know, from her, you know, it's a kid's film. There are kids that are like her that are going to watch this film and that, and that, and I, you know, you want those kids to go, actually, you know what? Um, maybe I am too stubborn. Maybe mm. this realization that she had might be worth me having. I don't think that, I don't think that happened for any of them. Like she, at one point she's just walking along and Petrie's behind her and she jumps across and Petrie falls in and is dying and is dying in fucking tar and she just keeps walking. And I'm like, you need to, you need redemption for this. You just let your friend drown. You know, like that's yeah, not a small that, thing. Yeah. Yeah. There, there should have been a point where, yeah. And I guess you're right because the whole film is told that way. Characters almost speak to the screen at times and they're like, see, it's not good to be greedy. Yeah, um, so, so I think in this sort of film, there. it can fit, it can work. That yeah. kind of real character realization, you know? Yeah, That's... I felt like that was the, the main thing that um, I was I was wanting. And I, I, I felt like they were, they were trying to do, but it didn't quite work. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think I again, I think they they were taking on I think they were focusing more on the prejudice angle by the end of it. But even then, for most of it, that's not really a thing. At the beginning there it is and they set that up. But then mm. once they're together, that's not a thing. So when the end of it is the reason they kill the dinosaur, the, the Tyrannosaurus, the reason they can get away from him is from working together. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, don't... this movie tries does try a little bit too hard to solve racism because <laughs> they'll have these repeated phrases where he's like, long necks don't hang around with three horns. And it's like, yeah, we solved the racism now that you guys are together. Like, mm. now let's move on and go deeper with that shit. 
And then that would have been great because by the time that they meet up with their parents and then their parents are like, what are you doing hanging around with this Mexican bird? And then they're, they're like, no, what are you guys talking about? You're all wrong about this. And then the parents are like, I guess it's not good to be racist. I don't know. Maybe that's biting off a bit too much. But Yeah. But they kept hitting it. I'm like, all right, if you're going to keep hitting it, go. Yeah, at least, at least follow through with it. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Other than that, I think... I think craftsmanship, the craft of it, the the voice acting, most of the narrative, I guess, was pretty solid. I just think they, if they padded it out a little more and give it a little bit more time to develop these things, I think I think that's what's maybe stopping it from being the Lion King, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that it's all kids doing the voice acting um, is is really cool. I like that too, um, yeah. They do a great job, these kids. And uh, now I, now I, because I, after this, I'm like, what's your excuse for having adults do kids' voices? Because I can tell that's not a child. I'm not an idiot. I can tell that's not a child doing the voice of this cartoon character. It sounds weird. I think uh, it might be time to move on to the worst in the Land Before Time series. And that is the the iconic Land Before Time 13, The Wisdom of Friends. Um, yeah. I forgot to mention before, one of the other reasons that this ended up becoming uh, the one that I picked as the worst is this actually killed the franchise for 10 years. This one was released in 2007 and they did not release a new one until 2016. So that really did give it points in regards to why it's the worst. Um, yeah. Um, would you like to give the DVD jacket? Uh, I Please, please try your hardest. I can't. Um, okay, so um, the characters... Um, which aren't characters anymore. It's it's gross. They're just like hollowed out husks now. <laughs> Think of like the they've been flanderized or whatever that whatever that saying is. Um, the core principle, and then everything else is just stripped back. Yeah. So they're living in the Great Valley at the end of the first one. They reached Great Valley, obviously. So they're living in the Great Valley, and um, Littlefoot's grandmother. Is like, uh, you need to learn the wisdoms, uh, a bunch of rules that we all live by. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. And he's shaken because uh, he has a dream where his grandmother almost dies because he almost died. And he's like, how can I ensure that bad things don't happen? And she's like, follow, follow the wisdoms. And, um, and it's just like a bunch of rules. And she's like, okay, the first one is, um, you know, keep keep your wits about you. And then um, he finds his friends from the first one and they're just mucking about. And he's like, no, you guys, you've got to be careful. Have you heard of a little thing called the Wisdoms? And they're like, oh, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's a bunch of rules you follow and it keeps you safe. And they're like, oh, okay. And then these uh, two retarded dinosaurs show up. <laughs> And they're like their whole their whole thing is that they're goofy 
I think they're meant to be comic relief, like they're dumb dinosaurs. And they just waltz around being dumbasses. And they're like, the who? We're going to the Berry Valley. And then Littlefoot's like, these fucking idiots are going to get themselves killed. Look how dumb they are. They don't even know the wisdoms. We have to help these guys get to the Berry Valley because they can't look after themselves. But we know because we got the wisdoms. And then they go to the Berry Valley and then he learns something and they sing. This one has is musicals, it has songs in it, and the songs are terrible. They're, They're really so bad. bad. They're really bad. They're so bad. <laughs> anyway, at some point the movie ends. Yep. Yeah, so um I think I think that's the best we can do for this one for a description of what happens. Um, it goes longer than the original. Yeah, it's a longer. It has a film. longer running weird? time than the original, and it has less to yeah. say. It feels like a bad episode of a TV show. Yeah, it, it feels like it feels like if so there was bad. a Land Before Time show, this would be an episode, and it would warrant twenty minutes, not eighty minutes. Which yeah. I think this one clocked in at. Um, first thing that really caught me off is like, I th- I feel like is it a thing in kids' films that they don't acknowledge that any of the other films kind of exist? Like, um, I don't know. Like the 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 fact that the the mo- the thing at the beginning is you better learn the wisdoms, all these things that you need to learn to survive. Motherfuckers have had twelve films. Where they've gone through so many, you know, tribulations and and tasks that I'm sure have taught them almost everything they need to learn to be a fucking functioning dinosaur in this world. And he's only now going, oh, I have to think about things. I can't just do anything. My nan could die. Wonder what happened in the other ones. You know, like, first of all, it just, it, it, it feels like it's a hard reset. That's why it feels like a kids tv show not a movie it just oh it's 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 just, like the first movie didn't even happen no no they've just you just enter and there are these dinosaurs in the happy valley and that's it you know that's the first thing that really irked me off is that they they just fucking it's just oh i don't know i i yeah like i change the or f- figure out the message of the film first, like I, before you, before you try and make it about wisdom, because it's, it shouldn't be about that. There's there, there, I, I was watching it the whole time trying to figure out what this, the moral is. Mm. Like, I honestly, I know it's called the wisdom of friends as being wise, but that I don't think is portrayed as the theme or the, or the message of the film. I don't think whatever the message was, was told correctly. A lot of fucked up shit happens here. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm, no, it's I'm like they I'm getting really that, mad. It's like they thought that that's what the message has to be. The moral of it is, which is wisdom, which I think the film sort of describes as a mix of uh, knowledge and intuition. You mm. have to mix knowledge and intuition. Not a bad lesson, but 
poorly delivered. It doesn't even make sense. I, I think, like, because there's this line at the end, it's like he has this realization that these birds aren't necessarily dumb or, or incapable. Yes, they um, are, though. Right, but, like, because they eventually find the berries, right? Yeah. And then, and then I think Ducky is like, yeah, look, they just go with their gut. They just feel, you know, their instincts, and they just they just run with that. They're not so fussed up on, like, following rules for everything, you know? Well, so Littlefoot's like, oh, okay, so fuck the rules. And then... And then he's like, all right, guys, let's just fucking, you know, do whatever. Who cares? And then they get stuck in an avalanche or something. And then, uh, and then the duck, uh, Petrie is, saves Ducky by being like, remember the rules. And then they save their lives. And then they're like, well, guys, I guess it's a mix of both. You have the rules there, but sometimes your gut has is influencing the rules and both things are important and that's what makes wisdom and then uh, a, a, a four-year-old watching this is meant to know what that means okay so basically ducky almost walks off the cliff petrie saves her and then is just like you've got to use your you've got to pay attention like you know, like a, uh, something that's quite wise, I guess, for a kids film. Yeah, that's a that's a wisdom. Um, yeah. And then Ducky goes, "If you say so." And to me, that's not a lesson learned. That's a oh, okay. If you tell me to, I'll do that. Yeah, it's blindly following authority. Yeah, and it's not it's not learning anything. And from honestly, like, so th- this film begins. It's very very soon. Um, fucking Littlefoot is telling his friends, "You've got to be, you got to have the wisdoms, and it's and, and you know that's the word for you've got to use common sense, you've got to be smart." I guess is that what they're they're, they're saying with the no, wisdoms? their wisdoms is like a literal list of rules that, that they have that the parents have told them to do. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like yeah, commandments or something. And then these these yellow bird, these yellow bellies turn up. These these monstrosities, these creatures that are. like so dumb they they can't do anything now if you're gonna have and 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 they go to help these creatures get to the berry valley because they are so fucked they can't walk in the same direction they can't learn anything they can't listen now littlefoot is like um we've got to help them because they'll fucking die if we don't fair that's totally fair now with the moral right shouldn't be what's happening is is they're teaching them to be um teaching them how to fend for themselves or or it's about leadership or all these themes that it could almost be but at the end of the day it's none of them because the fucking bird animals don't change they don't have a realize the main characters don't have a realization nothing is learned and that and that that was what was fucking with my head the whole time is because with kids films, there has to be something like that where it might have fell down a little bit with the first one. It's non-existent in this one. It's not there yeah. at all. At the end, they try to shove in a message that it's like, yeah. So 
see guys, sometimes go with your gut, and other times you gotta listen to what your friends say, but you can always count on your friends. And it's like... Yeah, but that's so contrived. Yeah, that's a bullshit lesson, because, like, in the first one, the lesson is like, um, you know, some things you see with your eyes, some things you see with your heart, stick together, Mm. solidarity is important, and that's it. Neat. Very simple. This one, it's like, um, so sometimes blindly follow authority, and other times, um, act like dumbass, and just walk blindly into situations, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, life's about a mix of both, and, you know, hang out with your friends, and, uh, there you go, movie's over. The... The yellow... What did you think of the yellow bellies as characters? Well, they imagine. I was imagining these things in the first movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just how much they wouldn't fit. And they didn't even really fit in this, either. No. They were... Because su- you know we were saying that the dinosaurs in the first movie don't look... That they're not that cartoony. They're drawn with like a quite a bit of realism. Yeah, these are like goofy, silly drawings. Yeah, they don't they don't look like dinosaurs to me. They're meant to be dinosaurs. Yeah, I know they're feathered dinosaurs, but they're not dinosaurs. You know, they're these things, these just really yeah. awful things that should. They are exist. a real dinosaur, but if you look mm. up how that dinosaur actually looks. Uh, compared to um, all the other dinosaurs, which are drawn quite realistic to like a, a like a paleontologist depiction, mm. um, these dinosaurs are, um, ca- are car- caricatures of what of, of 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 a real dinosaur. Right. Okay. Um, I found them the most insufferable characters I think I've ever seen. Did you know one of them is voiced by Cuba Gooding Jr.? I did. I did. I found that out. I and and Oscar-winning actor. Oscar-winning actor Cuba Gooding Jr. is in Land Before Time thirteen, and he's yeah. and he makes it worse. Like I don't, you know, I feel like because I could he- I could hear him, you know, like I, I'm like this voice sounds familiar. Who is this? And I googled it through the film, and then all it just was making me feel was depressed. That he was in this, you know, yeah. like it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't go, oh, great. I'm, I'm getting enlightened by Cuba Gooding, you know, I'm at least he's in here with me and, you know, no, it was just like, fuck dude, this cunt was in Jerry Maguire, you know. Do you know what's good? You know what I did? After I watched this movie, um, I Googled his Oscar acceptance speech. Is it good? Is it good? Oh, yeah. Well, he's just so excited to be winning an Oscar. Have you not seen that? Guy goes nuts. No, I haven't seen it. I'll have to watch it. Loses his shit. And it's great. He's celebrating and he's like, woo! And then just like, keep keep Land Before Time 13 in your head. (laughs) Okay, I'll I'll have to watch that. Um, So, I, uh, from a bit of reading, I found out that all of Don Bluth's movies had were musicals, except for The Land Before Time. And that was because his musical collaborator was busy during the making of that film. So all of the other Land Before Time movies are musicals. Um, yeah. 
So I think they lucked out. I think that might have helped them with the first one that this person was busy. Because the music in this, the songs are fucked. Like I don't I don't know how else to describe them apart from lazy. They sound like it they sound like they're written on a MIDI board, you know, like little blip, bloop, blip, bloop, blip, bloop, bloop. You know, like that that's yeah. the track. And then they have someone just like beat poem a fucking moral, like that's how you make a song in a song yeah. with the music in a movie. Don't you realize you gotta make that the song. you have to hang out with your friends? Yeah. It's all in friendship. Yep. You've got to be wise. You've you've gotta be have the have the wisdoms, you know, like that's literally I'm not even shitting. That's that's the quality of the songs in this. You yeah. know? Um they were, they were, and they were unnecessary. They weren't needed. They weren't, they didn't, you could cut the songs out and you get the story. The, the songs aren't happening during the story. The songs are happening in moments of rest. So it's, you, do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no, and the songs are, the songs are random. It's kind of like high school musical songs mm. <clears throat> that they don't, the song doesn't, I don't like musicals, but I understand that in a musical, the song should help to um, continue the, the, the narrative. Sure. It's meant to push the plot along. Um, this is just like, well, guys, we made it to the Berry Valley. Now what do we do? And then the guy's like, you need to relax. You should dance. And then they all start dancing and singing a song that's like, we love to eat berries very, very, very much. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's none of them at none none of the song. They were moments of rest, moments where they're like, "Fuck, the other eleven of them have been, or twelve of them have been, eleven because the first one isn't eleven have been musicals. We have to come up with these songs." And mm. I I agree with you. Like I think I think musical numbers in films, I I like the ones where things happen like. You know, there are the ones where they sing and it's like this break of reality and they come back and nothing's changed, you know, like that. I guess that's nice. But the music should, the, the, these musical numbers should progress the story. At the beginning of the song and at the end of the song, whether or not it's a big time jump or not, there has to be, they need to be somewhere else. And that didn't happen. The songs were just just there to fill in time you know and i think i I think if you take out the songs i think the movie would be similar in length to the original yeah you know they literally were there for padding no i think they probably um write the scripts and the songs separately and then find an excuse to jam the songs in at some point Mm. Or there's a script and then they hand it to the music director and then they're like, okay, this is where we can kind of fit one in. Let's do it here. You know what I can't stand is like how much nobody gives a shit. Like Land Before Time, what makes that movie work? Because it feels like a film that is ready to, like the original, feels like a film that is ready to fall apart. You know what I mean? Like it's not that well put together. Like, it's not perfectly solid film, 
but it's held together by these careful hands, people who were so clearly wanting... Passionate people. To, to, ...to make this movie. They were very passionate about it, and it gets through on that love. This is the complete opposite. This is how... This is just a, a huge sellout, and it, and it upsets me that the, the Land Before Time made it somewhere just because of... Through pure determination and passion... And now, all this time later, you still have lazy producers cashing in on this fucking franchise, which sucks. Nobody involved in this piece of shit wants to do it. The first one really cared about being a movie for children, to teach children a lesson, but to also make the difficult things in life seem um, possible to overcome or accept in the eyes of a child. Yes, sometimes bad things happen, but that's how life goes. Life is still something to be cherished and be grateful for. It puts a lot of care into handling these mature themes and talking to kids uh, with a sense of responsibility. This movie is just like, are there still kids buying this shit? All right, let's pump another one out. Well, fuck it, we'll figure out what it is along the way. Throw some songs in there. Just make it goofy. Who fucking cares? We'll put some retarded birds in there and get a fucking black guy to do the voice of the retarded funny guy. That's not racist, right? We can get away with that. <laughs> Did you, okay, okay. Let's let's just stop there for a second. Did you get that vibe from this? Did you? I, I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm on a high horse and I'm and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, that's that's meant to be a racist caricature. But there were times, like when I found out it was Cuba Gooding, I'm like, what? This this r- stupid bird that all they want is berries. Like, is this? Are they? Are they? Oh, are they aware that 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 could look bad? You know. Yeah, because it's like the one, the one character that comes along that's voiced by a black person is that there's just like all these normal ass dinosaurs, and then in comes this fucking character that does act a bit like you know jar jar binks yeah yeah and it's just like hey what's up everyone i'm goofy doofy bird i'm a fucking dickhead (laughs) and uh they all they do is they like dancing and eating and they're stupid uh yeah i i i picked up on that and i was like but um you know I mean, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna deconstruct the racist connotations of the Land Before Time thirteen, the Wisdom of Friends. Um, do I think that? Do I think that the uh, the person who's in charge of the Land Before Time franchise is racist? I don't know who it is, but yes, because <laughs> I think they're a shitty person <laughs> for for flogging this dead horse. Um, (laughs) for just completely destroying children's and the thing is that there's so there's so many of them and they were getting made for such a long time 1988 to 2007 these aren't for the same kids no that's the weird thing about it you know like like you know if there's four sequels you can think or four or five you can think oh you know what um, I'm sure the kids that really liked it are enjoying these. Even if they're getting a bit older, you know, that they might get to the fourth one and be like, you know, I don't want to watch anymore. I'm done with this now. But, mm. oh, I don't know. It's just bizarre. Like, it's 
you know, you, you, what you loved the first one and you didn't stick past that, you know, like, fuck. Yeah. I, I saw one of the sequels like Land Before Time 2 or 4, something like that when yeah. I was a kid. Um, because I was in the, uh, I was in like video easy or some shit and, um, I saw land before time, like three and I'm like, what mom, we got to get this. And I put it on. And I'm like, what? <laughs> this sucks. Um, yeah. And then I remember being like 12, 13, walking past the fucking, you know, sanity or some shit. And there's another brand new release land before time 10 i'm like they're still making these fucking things yeah it's just for who for who okay so the the only thing i can think of is that the 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 parents Mm. that watched it are buying it for their kids but then how do you but then like are they buying all of them (laughs) like you know are are they oh shit i've got to buy one to nine now because Little Billy is, you know, we bought him number 10. Got to buy him one to nine. I don't know. Yeah, but they're called, they're, 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 they're fucking titled like Final Fantasy games with their Land Roman of Time 15 shit. Yeah, they've got Roman numerals. It's like fucking, <laughs> like, couldn't they just, like, honestly, could they not, if if continuity isn't important, which clearly it isn't, couldn't they mm. just be Land Before Time colon the name? Yeah. You know, Land Before Time, the wisdom of friends. Land Before Time, the lost river. Land Before Time, the last cash grab. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, not not Land Before Time 15 and Land Before Time 7. Like, mm. that that insinuates that you need to be paying attention. And I don't think you have to. I don't think much has really happened of much importance um, between 1 and 12 because mm. I don't see anything that's different. I, you they can, don't mention you can, anything. No. The the only thing I noticed was the grandpa wasn't around. Is the grandpa dead? Did the grandpa die? I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. Don't know. Who Maybe. knows? But there's no... There's, I don't... I think, I think this is, again... Maybe I'm answering my own question when it comes to like the the learning, the characters growing and developing. I guess it doesn't matter, but the way that they've presented it sounds like it should. Mm. You know? Yeah, I read on the Wikipedia thing uh, on the franchise at the end, it was like, uh, it's produced numerous sequels, although fans of the original mostly do not consider it. Can it? Uh, mostly disregard the sequels. While some fans consider the sequels canon and i'm like who the fuck are these fans of the entire series well like I, some i told you 35 about the fucking... year old who is who's now just has seen all of them i've told you about the guy that i watched the video for the fucking he was he was tier listing them all he had a lot oh, to okay. say about all of them so there are people, there are Reddit threads, there, there is a, there, there is an audience. And that's, that's again, this dark hole that you made me fucking go down, you know? Yeah, I'm, sorry about that. No, that does not sound like a fun place to be. It's just, it's just, it's, it's like, I guess it's like me with uh, professional wrestling. I know a lot about it. Clearly people love the land before time and the sequels, I guess. 
Um, hey, I loved the first movie, but it's clear it was clear to me even as a kid that anything after the original film is a cynical cash grab and not to be taken seriously. You figured that out that as a shit. child. I love that. Um, it it's like watching a fucking like Aladdin four whatever when Disney have these straight to DVD sequels. Yeah, I, I I remember watching a few of the Aladdin sequels. You know, Jafar needs glasses or something. Isn't that one of them? Or is that a, or is that a fucking Family Guy <laughs> joke or something? Family Guy joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think um, I think children today are treated like idiots. Um, yeah, and I think this film is a clear example of that. Um, you can watch a bunch of made for kids content. Including Land Before Time. Land Before Time isn't like adult orientated. Doesn't have like adult orientated jokes. But there are themes that are, I'd say, are quite advanced in that film. Um, yeah, they're mature themes that are introduced very sensibly to a younger audience, so that they can understand and grasp these themes. I know that they say like, "Oh, kids' movies are allowed to be stupid because kids are stupid," and it's like, "Yeah, kids are stupid." Which is why you should educate them in these movies, not take advantage yeah, use of media. that stupidity use media. for profit. Yeah, no, that's it's 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 yeah. You're meant to be doing the opposite. You meant they're meant to be doing the opposite of what they do. And I think this is, as a whole, um, a lot of children's media today. Of course, I think some movies. I think kids' movies, the ones that get theatrical theatrically released are pretty good like i quite like the pixar movies i'm not a i'm not a fan of them but i can understand why they're still good for kids to watch um Mm. if that makes sense because they're not completely and utterly baby food but i've watched some kids tv and modern kids tv just because of little brothers and stuff and they're stupid they're it's dumb and it's not you're not they're not teaching them anything and they're not treating them like they're smart i think i got into film i got into this because i'm was challenged by the children's media if that makes sense you know like i think that helped me develop my my palette for for interesting things for things that are challenging you know i was getting challenged as a child and i you know i I don't think that that's something that's happening now um yeah, Before I think those we... early Pixar films are quite good for for that. I don't know about the later ones, but um, I mean, Toy Story is good. Like it deals with like Woody, who is the guy at the beginning, who's like the hero who always wins. And at the beginning of the film, he kind of faces mortality, you know, mm. and then deals with that. Um, you know, take the take something like Cars for example, which I don't like, which is a movie that's like, I'm, I'm the best and I always win, but hey, friends are important too, I guess. I don't know who cares. It's just a stupid Cars is the beginning of the end for Pixar, in my opinion. There, there have been good ones after, but that's really when I think the armor, like I think before that they're on a home run for almost all of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. That was a um, hot streak. Yeah. And Cars came them. out and you're like, ooh. Yeah, I, and that's when I stopped seeing it at the cinema, to be honest. Cars was the last one I saw at the cinema. Um, yeah. <laughs> and after that, it was... I can see this on DVD. Um, technically, before I think before we wrap this up, can you give this film one compliment? 
Um, no. No, not one. No, I hated this. I hated this on on every every level level with every fiber of my being. I hated this film on principle. Um, it's quite gross, and movies like this should be illegal. Mm, mm. I think the only compliment I could give it is the director somehow having the ability to convince Cuba Gooding Jr. to be in it. I think is the only compliment I can give this film as they somehow convinced him. <laughs> To be what do you mean it? somehow got Cuba Gooding Jr.? I don't think he was <laughs> well, doing anything. Ah, uh, that that's true. I, I wonder if I wonder if they stopped making them because they blew their budget getting Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, they could they because they lost money and they spent too much money on trying to get him. Maybe that's why they yeah. stopped making them. Yeah, I don't Cuba know. Cuba Gooding Jr. killed the Land Before Time franchise. I I love that. I hope that's the truth. That sounds great. Um, anyway, um, I think, I think we're, I think we can clearly understand why one works and one didn't. Would you agree, Dane? Yeah. Um, so pretty obvious. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a a wrap on that. I, 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 yeah, I hated number 13, like a lot, (laughs) um, would not recommend not even if you're stoned, you know, like stoners watch kids films. I don't even recommend this high. I think it would be worse. Um, no, it's fun. It's fun in no regard at mm. all. Like the animation isn't even fun. I mean, it's dinosaurs, but it's not even cool to see the dinosaurs because mostly you're just watching the baby dinosaurs and then just these crap birds, which are poorly animated, trying to make them funny and they're not funny. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a colossal fuck up and. Yeah, I'm kind of happy it killed the franchise until I think last year they brought it back with part part 14 or whatever. Um, so I I think it's my turn to pick something for next week. Um, have you heard of Madey? What? Have you heard of Madey? No. Okay, so there's a little filmmaker. He's one of the most... Uh, financially successful filmmakers of all times. His name is Tyler Perry. Now he has a character called oh, Madey. Okay, he has a character called Madey. Um, it's a cross-dress character that is pretty much in all of his films. Um, there's about nine of them or ten of them, and there's been one out a year. So um, I'm going to do math, and we're going to watch the best and the worst Madey movie. Shit, I've been avoiding these. <laughs> well, you can't avoid them any longer. That's, that's right. just how the cookie crumbles. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening. This has uh, been the Movie Butts podcast. I'm Arnie Joe. Yeah, all right, thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>